Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios here in Sydney. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two of our experts. We've got one hour to get through them all. It's Friday, the 4th of December, and I'm your host, Andrew Page. We have some fantastic guests in the studio today. Joining me is Adam Dawes from Shore and & Partners and Jumbei Lu from Tribeca Investment Partners. How are you guys? Very, very good. good. Yeah, yep, very good. Looking forward to it. Do you think we can add some stocks to the core portfolio this today? Plenty. Well, we, we're, we're famous for disagreeing. So oh, okay. Uh, could be a challenge yeah, then. It could be a very big challenge today. Is okay. that the first challenge? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. The, the game is afford. Let's start, if we can, with Premier Investments. I thought we'd start there because they've got their AGM today. We've had retail sales figures released, so I, it made sense. Um, Jumbei, I'll start with you. Is it a stock that you follow? Yes, it is. And I followed it for quite some time. And I think execution for this business has been incredible. Of course, look, the, uh, the story of uh, Smeagol is another um, a story because mm. of the lockdown and everything that's impacted it. But um, the way they turn around a lot of the traditional old school brands and then to reinvigorate that and continue to generate return from those has been incredible. Mm. Um, and uh, they've got a great online strategy and a great balance sheet. Um, and it also plays into that reopening theme uh, because a yep. lot of their shops pretty much shut. Um, so I love that stock. It's not a cheap retailer, but it is a retailer that is very defensive and you know the management team will get the best out of every brand. Well, it's not that you would expect this. If you could be at the start of 2020 and know what was going to happen economically and that, and then for see the share price up for the year, mm. it's pretty impressive. And I yeah. think, Adam, uh, over the last five years, it'd be getting very close to a double for Premier. And what is really traditionally a very tough business, the rag trade. Absolutely, but Solomon Liu knows exactly what he's doing and he's very, very, very good at what he does. And so really the market's backing management, as Jumbo mm. said, I think that, plus you know some really good products in there and some other things that they've got, but really it's the management is, is really running this business. And to be up, as the chart says, as you say there, above post or pre-COVID highs, um, that's just a great testament to the business. And even when they're in lockdown, retail's been you know, pretty much shot, it's that online business that has really done very well. Peter Alexander is a fantastic business. And uh, you know you go to those factory outlet side and there's always a lineup outside Peter Alexandria, mm. Alexander, but there, any other store, you, know, you can just walk and walk in freely because it's just yeah. uh, one of those popular things. And for that share price to be there, you've got to remember half of their stores are not actually open. So the earnings actually um, for those businesses has been yeah. down a lot, but the other side of business has really caught up during that period. So that's an incredible testament to what it is, right. um, you know, what the business is. So yeah. in the next 12 months when the shops open, um, I think it will benefit even more from yeah, that. Yeah, and we've got a lot of um, very positive economic signs there. So hopefully they'll continue to do well. Solomon Lou made mention uh, at the AGM today, I believe, of the investment they've made in IT. So that looks to be bearing fruit as well. On the show yesterday, Breville actually came up and mm. the guys there were saying that, well, um, Solomon Lou's got his fingers and, and Premier in, in that as well. Right. I know it's not on the list, but I'm going to I'm going to go there anyway. What yeah. do you reckon about Breville? Is that also worth a crack? I love De uh, Breville. Yeah. <laughs> Devil. Um, I love Breville. <laughs> I think it's a- Did it's you say you love the devil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Too exciting. Um, so I love Breville. I think it's a fantastic business and especially it's, it's very innovative and it's very exciting capturing that category and then they just recently gone into well actually the trends in Europe that they've gone into is incredibly strong um, COVID impacted the business somewhat and there was a bit of pull forward because people stay at home buying coffee shops and the like yep. um, but uh, and then they raised money just in case that some of the retailers may not do so well but since then everything's improved a lot since then so I actually think they will have a great Christmas and uh, mm. going forward it's just a great little business it's global it's got a really long runway of growth do you agree well, I think, yeah absolutely yeah. I love it too because that US you said you guys didn't agree much. See, I'm right at the beginning. There we go. Wait. <laughs> okay. Wait. Okay. Um, but no, like Breville certainly, uh, you know, and whether they did it early or not, they moved into that coffee strategy into the US a lot sooner than potentially because America loved drip coffee 
and they came out with these and they didn't go into the Walmarts or, or, or the sort of lower end shopping malls, they went into the high ends. They made sure that people understood how to, how to make a latte, these kinds of things, which was normal for us and normal for Europeans, but the Americans didn't really know how to do that. And I think that's been a huge growth story for them for the last sort of three Fantastic. or five years. Well, there you go. Uh, not just one stock of the day, two stock of the days, <laughs> uh, stocks of the day there. So, but we better get to the 10 stocks that you, the viewer, have sent in. And we're going to start with Robin. Robin has asked us about Mervac. The ASX code there is MGR. Adam, I'm going to start with you this time. Yeah. Does this tick any boxes? Uh, so it's a hold for me or even a no uh, on this one. Um, Mervac's gone and done a quite an interesting situation where they've actually changed their distribution or the way that they present their distribution to shareholders. So uh, the constitution has just changed over the AGM and that basically means that Mervac's uh, distribution is now at the board's discretion. And so rather than sort of benchmarking against that a taxable income and operating income, in short, this gives Mervac the ability to pay less of a dividend if they want. Now, a lot of people buy these things for that income going forward. Obviously, there's no franking attached to it. Um, but for me, that sort of smells like there's a little bit of little bit, a bit of a play going on here to keep some more money on the balance sheet, which I think is fine. And every company should definitely be keeping money on the balance sheet. Dividend was just three cents for the half last year. Um, I think um, I think there's still a bit more risk in this one, and it's a no from me. Do you think it's it's a question of strengthening the balance sheet, or would, maybe I'm being optimistic here? Yeah. Is it is it a argument for a more efficient use of capital? In other words, let's not give it to shareholders. We'll keep it within the business, and maybe sure. we'll get a higher return on that. Sure, capital. Amazon doesn't pay really much of a dividend as well, yeah. and, and you've seen Telstra overpaying on dividends and basically being crippled right. to make sure that their, their investors are, are being looked after. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a little bit of both. I think though for a property trust or a REIT, people do like that income and they go for those kind of things for that certainty of income. So it does change it a little bit. There's certainly some other better REITs out there that I prefer. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so hold leaning towards no. Jumbei, yep. um, I'm just having a quick look here with um, with Mervac. Their dividend last year was nine cents, um, and they were paying eight cents in 2011. It hasn't really gone that far, has it, over that time? No, there's a there's a few different challenges, but I think um, uh, just following on from Adam was saying that on the dividend rise. So for the dividend uh, valuation to stack up, you one is the investor needs to see the sustainability of that dividend. So you can't keep borrowing and then pay out the dividend. So you need to pay out of free cash flow. You need that, and then also you need to see the growth of that sustainable dividend. If there's no growth, then um, it certainly doesn't stack up. Stack up. So Telstra is the one typical mm. example. Is that you're overpaying currently, but then that dividend is going to fall eventually. So um, it's make so um, one of the big reasons of investing in equity markets inflation hedge. So you do need that dividend to grow. Um, so I think you know that's been the challenge for some of the business that doesn't um, it just pay dividend, big dividend doesn't really stack up. Now in terms of Mervac, um, I just think big picture. You, you look at it. It's got a office. It's got good quality office exposure, a little bit of retail, and then it gives you that multi high rise, multi level high rise sort of um, you know apartment sort of residential exposure. Um, if you look at what's being impacted in the last in last eleven month is that offices clearly has been very very challenging now residential is on the way up but these are not the high-rises um, it is a detached housing so mm. you're seeing um, even the approval numbers looking better for the mm. detached housing high-rises are challenging because that is often driven by immigration a lot of offshore buyers um, and you need the investors to be back in the market and they are yet to come back probably will take 12 months 18 months but that's yet to return so um, you know on that basis um, much rather to hold a property trust to gain similar sort of experience I'm much rather to hold Stockland, for example, for the residential because it's all detached and things are already picking up quite strongly. And on the Texas, the likes of Texas, um, if you want offices, yeah, because sure. offices being impacted, but it is on the way up. But structurally, there might be some impact, um, yeah. but we're still waiting to see uh, what sort of structural level or impact that will be. But Texas has the best um, quality office reads. Mm. Okay, yeah. so that's a no for you as well. It's a no for me. I noticed looking out the window here at Brangaroo, we see some of the other towers there. Mm. It does mm. seem pretty empty, doesn't it? 
doesn't it? So maybe it's, it's interesting. It's empty, but if you talk to some of the agents, they're actually seeing the inquiry levels picking up. Okay. Now. But obviously, probably not go to 100% occupancy, mm. but uh, it's, it's picking up. And maybe there's a bit of a contrarian play there too. The fact that everyone's sort of talking about the, these uh, risks is, I don't know. But either way, Robin, I'm sorry, we could not get, uh, we could not get the guys to get this over the line here. Let's, uh, Jumbe, I'm going to start with you here. Macquarie Telecommunications, uh, Livio's asked this one, ASX code MAQ. What do you reckon? Uh, so this company is interesting. Uh, so actually, should, I, I probably should start with what do I reckon? It's probably a hold for me. Okay. Uh, uh, it's uh, so it's like a combination of Vocus and um, Next DC. So it has a bit of telecommunications and then and there's a bit of a, a sort of data services, or data center service as well, or, or into that cloud space. So um, it's not exactly cheap because not mm -hmm. nor does it. You it's, know, a it's done very Sorry. well. Um, it's on the earnings. I'm just looking at the earnings multiple. It, perhaps it's not the right way to look at it, but on June twenty. 2022 it's on 77 times um, you know revenue um, uh, EB2 revenue um, is uh, 13 14 times mm. so it is expensive but it is very defensive um, so it warrants a hold for me but um, you know it's, I'm probably not going to rush out and buy if I like a data center I'll, you know I'll buy the pure play data center and yep. if I like um, you know more telco uh, sorry more um, growthy space which is more um, mega ports for example okay. you know much rather play you prefer to be a bit more targeted in your, in your asset allocation. Right. What about you, Adam? I, I, I like this one, and I think it's a buy. I think this one okay. will, keep, will continue to keep running uh, due to the fact that they are changing their mix of their business a little bit. Yes, only 12% of revenue comes from data centers, but they are moving towards more of that data storage area. 49% of it revenue now comes from telco. So it really has shifted the business, business has shifted to, uh, uh, to accommodate that more sort of global services, cloud service and government as well. So they've got some really good sort of levels and levers that they can pull. Um, over the longer term, I missed this one for a long, long time. You know, sort of at twenty dollars, I put a couple of clients in, and then even at sort of forty dollars, I picked up some more. But this thing has been an absolute cracker all the way through. Um, it doesn't trade a lot, so you've got to be a little bit careful on the trading side. Yeah. It is a little bit low on that volume, and so it does get pushed around a little bit if you've got a large buyer or a large seller in there. So that's something that you need to be aware of. But overall, um, I think it's in the right space. So yeah, it, it's a buy from me. Okay, well there we go, We're our first disagreement. <laughs> it wasn't a bad you did, one. You didn't, you didn't say we'd get there. Yeah. Um, what about the banks? Adam, I'm gonna stay with you here. The banks are always topical, always yes. topical. People Wouldn't be love a show them. if we or, didn't talk about it, We have sure. to talk about yeah. the banks, but we're gonna focus uh, specifically on A and Z. And it's been Kristen who's uh, written into us and asked about an opinion here. Yeah. Uh, let's, start, let's start with the banks broadly, quickly, yeah. and then we'll narrow down to A and Z. Okay, so the banks, Overall, I think non-performing loans held by some of the Australian major banks are yet to see uh, more increases. I think we're going to see more increases of bad debts, okay? But the balance, the balance sheet and the strong um, earnings should provide a sufficient buffer for any of these banks to weather the storms. And that's the biggest thing because global financial crisis, we, they all had to keep their CET one or their capital ratio tier level and they all had to move up the round 12, 13, 14%. And that has really made sure that they've got enough money in the bank, excuse the no, pun, yep. <laughs> uh, in the bank to make sure that anything's been weathered. So I think that's great. I think loans under payment deferrals have declined significantly, but I still feel that the economic backlash that we are going to see from COVID is still yet to be really fully presented. And I think that will be an issue for the banks going forward. So. While saying that, I think ANZ is a hold. My best two banks that I like at the moment are CBA and Westpac. Uh, even though Westpac's probably still got some more issues going on with uh, the Royal Commission and, dear, and dear. everything else I that's know. going on there, but yeah. I'm staying with my calls. Yep. CBA was a fan, has been a fantastic business and anything under $70, it's been a buy and all my clients are very, very happy now. As well, well, it's well and truly outperformed its peers yes. over the last five years. Just well, them out it, of the water. It's quality, and yeah. you always buy quality, okay? And and that's probably the best of the banks. ANZ definitely sits in there in a hold. NAV is a hold as well. I don't think we've got a sell on at Shores. So I don't think we've got a sell on the big four. We certainly have a sell on Bank of Queensland, Suncorp. Uh, I think we've got a hold on Suncorp, but and then all the insurers we've got to sell on. So, mm -hmm. um, but for, for, for the banks, I still think there's a little bit more to go, but I think the balance sheet will keep them nice and tight, so it's okay. So just a hold at this point. Yeah. Jumbei, um, is there an argument to be made for the banks just in terms of the yield? I mean, you're not getting, you're not getting any money, uh, any return by putting your money in the bank. Should you maybe put it uh, in as a shareholder instead? 
Or is even that a bit of a stretch? I think in the next 12 months, you see the return of the high dividend yield from the banks. Correct. In the next, if you take 12 month view, absolutely. Okay. Yes, there is a, some short term uh, risk that, you know, as the government support, stimulus support runs off in March next year and potentially more impact through the economy. And we're still waiting to be seen. But right now, the activity is very strong, clearly supported by lower interest rate and the others. We're kind of hoping with the iron ore price where it is and the housing market, hopefully will perpetuate into a more sustainable sort of uh, recovery and growth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even post-March. So I think in terms of bank, uh, I'm, I'm reasonably optimistic um, for on 12-month view, dividends coming back. Um, I think um, in, with that sort of um, as a background and all of them are quite well capitalized and if the, our economy continue to recover, um, they are in a pretty good place. Yeah. Uh, GDP, the other <laughs> yeah, day. That's right. unbelievable. That's yeah. right, that's right. I see you shaking your head. Yeah. I was thinking, is it yes or no? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I'm and, with you, I'm with you, I'm agreeing. <laughs> that's right, absolutely. And, and, you know, and they're in that environment. I probably prefer not to be sitting in the um, likes of CBA because it has performed very, very well. So in the environment where things will pick up, um, CBA will be left behind behind simply because it's done so well and it is very, very expensive relative to the others. I like ANZ. I also like Westpac. Yes, Westpac's got some issues, but uh, yeah. they will work it through. Um, ANZ actually recently had some of the best um, best numbers when they reported. So um, so I like that one. That's a buy. So that's a, that's a buy. I, I think, I think it's, it's, a, it's a vaccine trade that, that we've seen over the banks over the last three weeks, four weeks. I mean, as soon as that announcement, Pfizer, Moderna all came out and said something. Mm. All of the banks just went pop and went massively. Mm. APRA came out and said you can start paying dividends again. These are all things that are just for these banks just to turn around a little bit. People are always going to look for those dividends. It's going to take some time. Mm. But, you know, deterioration of asset quality is obviously a real issue. But um, those capital ratios will keep that moving forward. So, uh, yeah. Um, CBA, I disagree with you, John Bay. I think it's, uh, I think CBA is your better bet. But anyway, ANZ well, will be one of the best performing banks. Okay, well, you guys don't seem a million month. miles apart there. Well, there's only four to choose. <laughs> 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 that, that is and true. They don't normally outperform each other that <laughs> much, that honestly. We talk about massive outperformance, like five percent. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get to a different uh, financially oriented uh, business here. Murdered that segue. Raise Invest. <laughs> RZI Megan has written in asking about that. Jumbei, I'm going to start with you here. What do you think? Is, is Raise one to get into? Uh, it sounds really exciting. It operates in that fintech space and clearly um, chewing away some of those, um, um, you know, the um, the traditional um, banks and those space. Uh, it looks really interesting and all the revenue driver has done very well. Um, and uh, almost everything's showing a, a very strong growth uh, growth yeah. number. Their funds under management growing really strongly. Active customers very, very strongly as well. And this is global. So um, it is very, very promising. But for me, it is very early stage. Um, but I think it looks very promising. Certainly one to watch for me uh, but before I put on a buy I probably will watch it for a little so bit. So a little bit more water under the bridge right. needed okay so we're going to put that as a watching brief. Adam what do you reckon? Yeah so look at that chart and there's a, exactly why Jumbei is also saying that it's a hold because you got March last year it's at a, it was at a dollar it's now back at a dollar I think you got to watch this and then keep an eye on it. It's a hold from me because I don't know where that price action is going to go. Mm-hmm. I think that, that uh, it could fall away I use this product. I, I, I've got uh, I've got the app. Um, I put you know every extra cent. It's like and it's called used to be called Acorns. You put every extra little cent into uh, the rounding of my wife uses the card way too much, and so everything of these roundings go in, and then it goes into an investment portfolio. It is quite expensive. So uh, as from from a client perspective, like they from do, the fees that they charge, yeah, they charge. Yep. So it is quite expensive, but it's just a great way to just keep putting money aside and you know it starts to build up over time and then the portfolio which is all an ETF portfolio they're not really going uh, too crazy on the sort of investments uh, that ETF portfolio is actually doing quite well as well so they just passed 500 million for the first time in September uh, of funds under management and they're sort of growing at around sort of 10% uh, per annum at the moment so active customers are growing as well up six and a half percent so I think everything's moving in the right direction Price-wise is probably why I think that we would be cautious on this one, um, due to the fact that um, yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna struggle around that dollar, and I think you could probably pick it back up if it dips back to eighty cents, then uh, then go from there. Talk us through a bit about this chart here. Maybe it's just an issue with our data provider, but there's long periods are very flat there. Is yeah. it is trading halts and no, 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 it's just it doesn't trade a lot. And so wow, it's a small like cap. Hardly at all. Yeah, yeah, so it is a small cap and it just moves sideways as people are happy to buy and sell around certain levels. Gotcha. And only and then when 
I guess you get a larger order or you get probably a ComSec user that doesn't know how to perhaps uh, trade in markets correctly, uh, then you know things will start to move around. So okay. um, yeah, so it's just a lack of volume in right. the stock. I, I do like the, the concept. I know I do it as uh, as a man. I have a wallet, and I just whatever coins I have at the end of the day, yeah. get chucked into in the into the mm. jar, and yeah. it adds up. It does. But but my jar doesn't earn a return. It doesn't have any fees, but it doesn't. <laughs> have, so so maybe raise is, is onto something there. Yeah, absolutely. Let's turn to to WiseTech, Adam. Let's stick with you. Um, yeah. Now this is a company that has really posted some phenomenal top line growth. But it attracted that short interest last year. Mm. There's a lot of concern about, you know, how much is is inorganic versus organic. Is it sustainable? There's some accounting concerns. It it makes it very difficult for the average investor. So Luke's written in and he's asked about it. Yeah. What can you tell him? So I think they successfully batted off that uh, short. uh, Only for one result. For one, was it? Yeah. I'm a little bit uh, skeptical on it. I mean, it, they've even come out and said their full year revenues to grow between nine and nineteen percent. I mean, seriously, it's a wide range, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's like yeah. you drive a truck down the Grand Canyon on that one. So I sort of think that you know between four hundred and seventy million and five hundred and ten million. Um, I'm just a little bit cautious up here uh, with this one. We've all seen all of the techs moving, and Jumbo will probably talk about the rotation that we're probably seeing at the moment of out of techs into value stocks, and that's why we're starting to see all the banks and all these other oil stocks and things starting to move. Um, I think that it's, it, if they do come in at their upper end of guidance, and this is a growth stock, remember, so you yep. need to be cautious. If they do come in their upper end of guidance, I think the price will stay here. If they fall anywhere down below that sort of lower end, this thing's going to get absolutely smacked. So yeah, for me, it's a hold, uh, and I'd be cautious to see how it goes in 2021. Yeah, Jumbe, it's, it's a really great point Adam makes here. I mean, even if you think that the company does have a really bright future here, there's that that fear of, you know, quote unquote, being priced for perfection, where even the smallest miss can can really cause some losses. And if they achieve these, to these very lofty ambitions, well, it's already priced in. Is that a, is that a factor with WiseTech, do you think? Oh, I think it's a factor with all growth companies. Um, Australian investors really struggle with pricing growth companies. Um, we don't know how fast they're growing. And then even though when we identify the ultimate um, market, um, addressable market, which is the way you look at um, the, 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 um, the growth business, um, and then to assume how quickly they get there is often, um, you know, whether too low or too high. And mm-hmm. for those businesses, it's really the long-term growth targets. Um, I think WiseTech, tech is is interesting because they grew really fast and at one point a couple of years ago was like the most expensive company in the world a tech company in the world yeah. on price to revenue and um, and then the business went on bought so many uh, little bolt-ons um, and then uh, and then the thing is that that sort of clouds the picture and then you know investor really struggle to understand what is organic do you actually really have organic growth or is it bought mm. um, so this year um, you know the, it's the first result they haven't actually bought much um, in this half and um, and then I think they demonstrated some organic growth. Okay. Now they need to continue with that, and they have said they're not going to um, grow uh, buy anymore. To, but I'm, I'm sure you know with the share price where it is, they might come back and buy more. So um, I think a clean um, a clean runway of the existing businesses to show growth uh, will be very strong testament really to fight against those short seller report. But and we need to see that. So we yeah. need more results with our acquisition to see the growth coming back. You know the international trade volume is back, so companies should do very well uh, without the need for any acquisition. So uh, I'm a hold. Um, I need to see more execution. Well, not just execution, the um, the actual organic growth the that organic is really growth. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, growth by acquisition isn't a great. Strategy. Strategy. It works for a certain amount of time. Mm. You can add on earnings and keep adding on earnings. Yeah. But then, you know, eventually, eventually, we've seen it. Vocus. Mm. I mean, you, we can all tell five different companies that That's have right. just all fallen over because yeah. you eat too much and then you got to digest it. And the problem is when you can't and you pay too much and you need more growth and. You're in this cycle, perpetual cycle yeah. of growth, and that's not a way to run a business. Organic growth is the way to run that business. And so it'll be interesting to see how they go for 2021. I'll play devil's advocate a little bit here, because their argument is is more that, well, look, we could go into a foreign market, we could you know, wrestle for, for market share and all this kind of stuff, or we could just buy it. We're not really buying any of their systems. We're really just buying clients. And once we do that, we can plug in our own systems 
and 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 off we go. Then we just enjoy the organic growth. It, I'm not saying I necessarily believe that, but I'll mm. put it to you, John Bay. Is is there merit to that? Oh, uh, I think I think that's what company says. And then we do feel, but the problem is we need to see the numbers. So right. every time when they buy something, I remember over the last few years when they buy something, uh, analysts always try to put the earnings upgrade through. But by the time the result come, um, they shouldn't have put those upgrades. It yeah. was in the previous guidance. So you know it does make it very uh, it clouds the picture. We don't really know how much it does add on to the overall picture, uh, and does it actually really do? Um, and then the company talked to what they're actually buying out the competition and just keep the system and there's changes. So we just need a period of no acquisition to see it. What yeah. was, uh, was it Wes Farmers went and bought home hardware in the, Europe, in the <laughs> that's UK? Right. Yeah, that's right. right. And yeah. they, had, they came with the Bunnings model. They said, we know how to do this better than the UK mm. does it. And it works phenomenally well here. <laughs> it works phenomenally yeah. well here. And they went over there and they tried to put it in. They got rid of all of these people that were in the job for 20 years mm. who knew the market, knew the systems and said, no, we know how to do it right. Mm. And we're going to do that. And guess what happened? Didn't Everything well. went down. They sold it for a a dollar or mm. whatever and mm. came back with their tails a little bit like with Lowe's coming here with a partnership with Woolies with Masters yes. right like that, on paper that should have worked incredible. brilliantly actually this is a really good point that's incredible because in West Farmers as Bunnings you've seen these Masters other guys come into our market and never yeah, really worked correct. and Bunnings did so well and yeah. yet they went to UK and did the same thing that's right and knowing in the Australian market clearly the second player is just not going to work yeah. um, and they, they, were the third, they were the third player, the third player that's trying right. to get up the rung and uh, it just didn't work. So you can buy customers, you can buy a book, yeah. but are those clients going to stick around? Do they then follow the other guy that they've dealt with for 20 years who's going to go over the competitor? And really, you know, maybe you bought nothing really at the end. So yeah. I hear what you're saying, yeah. but it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's fraught with danger. Well, okay then. So we've got a hold from the both of you there with, with Weissing. I think we're being very nice on a hold. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's I'm, I'm getting that sense. I'm, I'm getting a bit of a sense of that. Well, okay, we're at halfway mark here. So let's do a quick recap of the shares that we've done so far. When it comes to Mervac, uh, who Robin asked about, uh, we've got a, a no from both of you guys there. Uh, yeah, the dividend sort of looks okay, but as Adam was mentioning, maybe a little bit of risk that, that's, that that could be cut. John Bay, you mentioned there's no real growth there as well, which is a bit of a, a disappointment. So that's, that is a pass on that front there. Macquarie Telecommunication, Adam likes this and he likes it because he feels there's going to be more growth from the data centers yep. business. Yep. Um, John Bay, really a hold and partly some concerns over the, the expensiveness of it. And I think you prefer to be a bit more targeted when you're buying shares for companies that are more pure plays. Uh, ANZ Bank, um, that was a yes from you. Um, and one of the best uh, places to play that recovery in the banking sector, I believe you said. Adam, uh, you prefer CBA. Yep. So it was a hold from you. Yep. So it was, that was not, not a million miles away there, but, <laughs> but not, not unanimous. Um, Raise Invest, uh, Jumbo, you wanted to wait and watch. There's still two early days. Adam, you made mention of the fact it's very illiquid stock, although a user of the platform. Absolutely, and, since day one. And a yep. fan of the platform, yep. um, but a little bit expensive perhaps. So, mm -hmm. so let's, let's go with a hold there. And as we just heard there, when it comes to WiseTech, uh, look, what we need to see more than anything is to see that a lot of these acquisitions are going to eventually um, reveal themselves as being worthwhile and we will see some organic growth come through. So there is the first five. And it gives me a good chance here to talk about the portfolio that we run here at The Call. And uh, we have been doing it since July 1. And I think you'll agree that the performance has been pretty spectacular. How does it work? Well, if we our two expert guests both give a thumbs up, that is a, a nice clear buy from both of them, we put that into our portfolio. If there's anything else other than that, two thumbs down or even just one thumbs down, it will get kicked out. As you can see, it's been a good week. It's been a good month. It's been a very good financial year to date, 24.2%. Let's get uh, a look at Afterpay because this is stock number six for the show. Well, it wouldn't be a show if we didn't talk about After or, or Buy Now Pay later as well, eh? We have to talk about the banks and we have to talk about Afterpay. Done. Tick. Uh, so, so we are going to talk about Afterpay. And speaking of the portfolio, Afterpay is in the portfolio. Oh, really? Oh, Never would have guessed it. So. <laughs> I wonder who put it in. I, I, I guess the question is, will it stay in the portfolio? Adam. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up the line. Looking at no, 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 I, I was, but then, yeah, then I know. you know what I'm going to say. You've tempted me. <laughs> look, look, yes, it's a hold from me. I mean, Jumbo and I agree on this one. Uh, Zip is the better one, which has been underperforming really quite badly lately. And it's really a little bit of concern mm. for me as to 
why it's underperforming because Afterpay and all these other ones are really tearing and Zip's just suck, just around that six mm. buck mark, just can't get up. And mm. I, I'm sort of a little bit concerned about it. But um, look, Afterpay at $100 is probably doing the same thing, moving sideways as well because it's really struggling. But it is uh, still a very, very good business. They did, they have talked about going through into the US and on their last update, they said for the first time, um, uh, US numbers are bigger than the Aussie numbers for uh, for transaction right. volume. Yeah. So, look, um, you know, it, it's moving in the right direction. And the US is obviously the the holy grail for because they are the biggest purchasers of goods uh, in, in the world. Yeah. So, um, I think the performance of, of Afterpay is going to continue. I think it'll do a lot of work around this hundred dollar mark. I think it's a big level for everything to get through. Um, but Afterpay customers are still moving forward. New Zealand was up thirteen percent. Um, sales are up. Um, you know, the US is up. Uh, I, I think December demand, and we've had uh, Black Friday, Cyber Weekend, Cyber right? Monday. Yeah, Cyber uh, so yeah, that was keep rolling it on. <laughs> eh? um, Cyber December. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I think December demand is going to be pulled forward from a lot of that cyber stuff. But um, I think that, uh, yeah, it'll be a great Christmas and um, yeah, they'll do very well. So it's gotta be a hold up here at a hundred bucks. I just can't see, it. unless the catalyst is that, that, that they get, um, you know, screaming numbers out of the US and really kill it uh, in the US. I think it's a, it's still a hold for me. I tell you who it's gonna be a good Christmas for, and that's for people who bought below $10 in March, because <laughs> yes, it's March now looking as though that was the deal of the century. Yes, <laughs> agree. So Jumba, you like it as well, I, I gather? Oh, for me it's a buy. Yeah. Um, this stock, yes, it's, it's going to stay here for some time, but you can never time yourself. Uh, we know that underlying the numbers are looking very, very strong, like uh, Adam said before. Uh, that whole cyber weekend, um, I think the data has come out. It's very, very strong for all these, on, for the online spend, pretty much the e-commerce guys, is looking really strong. And then um, Zip released some data, Sezzle released some data, going really, really strong. Same as uh, as Afterpay, and it's all going from strength to strength. Um, I think challenging that with Zip, I, I really do think it's more company specific because every time when there's announcement of those escrow from mm. the corporate guys uh, come yeah, out, yeah. it's sort of going through a bit of weakness because last time the minute escrow was re re um, came through, it um, they sold those yeah. shares. Yeah. So there was just a bit of uh, um, I think the market just with a bit of excess shares at the moment. It's, it will work through, just take a bit of time. Mm. Um, and that's what it is. Um, they announced some data just a few days ago and it looks yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. In the US, looking phenomenal. And I think um, that whole sector continuing on its strength. As long as the those momentum continues for its earnings, share price will catch up eventually. You don't know when, but it will catch up eventually. So um, for me, it's a buy. I'm happy to hold it in my portfolio without worry about trading it up and down. Um, and, uh, and I think over a 12 month, it's certainly will be higher than it is today. I, I, you mentioned before how challenging it can be to value some of these growth mm. stocks and, and traditional approaches just don't work, right? Mm. Like you're gonna, you can't look at a PE or a yield or That's something right, like yeah. this because it just doesn't make any yep. sense. Mm. Uh, the, the, the challenge here, I guess, is that there's so many players coming into the space, even some of the bigger mm. uh, payment providers Absolutely. over the US now starting to do it. Is this a story of just not just momentum in, in the share price, but mm. in the actual traction that this is getting. Oh, because absolutely. Yeah. these things do tend to feed on this. It becomes a social phenomenon. It, of it's sorts. a network effect that they talk right. to. First of all, when you look at a growth company, you need to understand what's addressed. Previously, Afterpay was just Australia. And then they managed to demonstrate that and then that you saw that hockey stick growth. And then the network effect means it's just growing really, really fast. And then it went to the next market. Um, they went to the next market and continue to do incredibly strongly in the US and then they're launching in UK and um, you know even a little bit of in Asia as well, Canada. And then just means your total addressable market is getting bigger and bigger. Now, um, funny enough, if you use the traditional measure on you know price to earnings or price to um, yeah. thing, Afterpay has never looked so much so cheap because it's about to reach profitability. Mm. Right. Yeah, because Afterpay, if they stop spending, they can reach profitability really quickly. But mm. now it's even with its phenomenal growth it's ex experiencing and it is reaching profitability, it's incredible. So actually on a traditional measure, it looks never been cheaper. So, you know, it's, it's just for a growth investor, you need to understand what is a blue sky and what is the execution of getting there. And, um, you know, can we believe they will get there and you apply probability and then you get to the ultimate valuation. This thing is going in the ASX 20 top 20 so, it's incredible yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah it's absolutely it's going into the sort of top 20 like mm. it's the, the market cap is ridiculous at the moment so you know i sort of see um a, 
buy now, pay later that when you talked about that, but it's, it, it, there is going to be some margin squeeze. Like it, it, it's going to have to happen sooner or later. Right. And I think that's potentially where a lot of the people are saying, well, no, it looks a bit expensive here because there is going to be that margin squeeze. And, and whether it's the merchant or the, or the client or, or whatever, these, these numbers are going to have to get squeezed because there is so much competition coming in. I mean, there's a new IP, there's new IPO every couple of days that are now because everyone in the world's seen how well uh, yeah. buy now pay later is done here in Australia, and because yeah. we've got a decent valuation, everyone's flocking to come into these things. So, I think it's a crowded space. You stick with your quality. Yeah. Uh, Afterpay and Zip are the, are the best two, and that's where you should be. Okay, so it's, you, you're not going to be selling out anytime soon, but well, hopefully, I, if you're looking to get in, you'd be waiting for a slightly yeah, better so price. Yeah, l- so let's keep it in the portfolio. So it's a buy from me. I, I, that's why you, you I know, read where I was coming I know, from. I know, okay. I know, I know. It's a buy from me. I just think around here, 100 bucks. Like I, I, I struggle to to top like or buy more. Yep, but. Jumbe. Let's take a long-term view. Long-term, one, shall we? <laughs> a long-term view, and maybe you ever take a long-term view. Seriously. I do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a buy. It's it's definitely a buy. Okay, fair enough. Okay, we, we should move on. Another company that is in the portfolio is Sonic Healthcare. Uh, Charlotte has has asked about this one as well. Um, Adam, I'll stick with you for this one. What yeah. do you reckon? A um, little bit of consolidation in Sonic Healthcare. I mean, it's been a fantastic stock, and really one of the things that I've liked about Sonic Healthcare. And you can see that, yeah, that consolidation is a little bit concerning for me. Um, you know, it, look, it's had a fantastic run. It's, it's a great business going forward. It's one of the best income businesses or, or dividend paying businesses on the in the healthcare sector for me uh, or for the market. So, you know, for that alone, I think it attracts uh, an extra amount of uh, people going forward. I, it, it, I'm gonna say it's a no from me. Um, I like Ramsey Healthcare. And that, that's probably where I would be putting my hard-earned money. Um, I just see more uplift and it's a better business going forward. So, you know, love CSL, love ResMed, L- Ramsey, and then Sonic is a little bit further. So for a client that potentially comes to me for some income and wants some healthcare, I do go towards that Sonic healthcare because of that, um, that income uh, that they pay a little bit overs. But for me, that consolidation is a little bit concerning, and I think that's got a little bit more to go. So, yeah, it's a no from me. Yeah, I take your point on the dividend there. I mean, they've increased every year for mm-hmm. the last 10 years yep. that I can see, or at least they've not gone backwards, certainly. Yep. 3.2%, 30% franc. It's the best you're going to get. And, and, you know, I think that we were touching before on um, uh, uh, Mervac, where it might have had a higher yield, but that dividend hasn't increased. I think for a long-term investor, it's actually the lower yield that is more attractive mm. if that dividend is, is going it's to growth. grow. It's about the growth, yeah. It's about, you need the growth. That's where these, I guess, labels can be a bit unhelpful mm. between, you know, growth and income. You kind mm. of, you can have the best of both worlds, can't mm. you? Yeah. That's right. Is this a case of best of both worlds? Oh, um, it is a quality company. Um, I, I think the the challenge is that they have benefited um, enormously from uh, enormously from this uh, COVID related testing. Um, so the earning they upgraded their earnings three four times already, and just because the testing has been phenomenal, and now in Germany, you know, the second outbreak and and the like, so in Europe that numbers picking up, and the US numbers picking up. Mm. So they exposed to Germany and US um, in a big time, and Australia a little bit as well. So um, yeah, so on that basis, you know, um, they were continue to do well for another six months but after that once we have vaccine and the like um, it's very likely their earnings will probably fall or um, not going to grow for the following year it's just a short-term earnings disruption mm-hmm. um, I think that I agree I think I much rather hold Ramsey healthcare which has been impacted by um, uh, the COVID related lockdown so I think relatively in the next 12 months Ramsey should deliver more return compared to the likes of Sonic but look I think it's it's a hold for me it delivers a good income it's a good business um, um, it's just not going to grow much um, for the next uh, year and a half. Okay, so a hold and a no, which means that Sonic gets kicked out of the portfolio. Taking some profits, we could say. Take, we could say taking some <laughs> yeah, profits. Absolutely. Although it depends when it was added, well, I guess. So. There you <laughs> go. Right. I, I, it was I, added at the top. If it was <laughs> at the top, then perhaps not so good. But there is, I think one of the, the silliest reasons not to sell is 
because you bought it at a higher price, right? Mm-hmm. Like sure. that is that is a trap for young players and old players alike, Absolutely. dare I say. Head, yeah. We all struggle with that kind of thing as well. Yeah. Just because something is down doesn't mean you shouldn't sell it. In fact, sometimes it could probably stop you from suffering more loss. I, I think one way to look at it is that if you sell it, you use that money to buy something else. If that's something else going to rise higher than whatever you sold it for, you made money. So yeah. you need to think in the relative You, you don't sense. have to recover your loss in the same stock that lost it. Exactly. Just think your capital as an overall pool and then you reallocating into something else um, and this way you always look forward to see what's going to make you money rather than what how do I protect myself you know uh, try to make money back that's um, that's, that's the wrong mentality in time. Yeah. plus you get a capital loss that you can apply against the gains that <laughs> you'll make right. elsewhere so it's not Hopefully it's not all bad losses, news yeah. <laughs> let's go now to Aussie broadband and I'm going to start with you here um, ABB is the code Timothy has asked about this one. Oh, yeah is it one that um, that, that piques your interest uh, I think Aussie Bro, it's a one, <laughs> that, that, that's the thing. I think it's listed, it's done very well. I'm not sure if Adam did that listing. You um, sure did. You did, yeah. It's done very well. Um, and uh, look, it's just one of those resellers. Um, I think the growth is very strong. Um, compare that with, say, the TPG or the others. And this is more pure play, clearly. You know, Telstra's got its own issues. And TPG, you know, it's got all that merging with the Vodafone and debt and all these other issues. So pure play, high growth. Uh, it is pretty expensive relative to the multiple other trades ads. So... Um, I, I'm not a big fan of that whole um, telecom space. I just felt it's a very challenging area where um, you know large guys really struggle to uh, to really recover cost of capital because the constant pressure on pricing. Mm. Uh, but then you have those new players come in. They do generate good return for some time. Like TPG, when it was little, uh, it used to grow at a phenomenal rate and always at a premium. So I think this one is a hold for me. I need to see a bit more. But I think it's uh, it looks promising and it's got enough of, of a runway given how small it is at this point. Um, and you know the larger guys I think Telstra is looking reasonably interesting but again it's where's the growth coming from so we'll have to see uh, yes oh it's so tempting to dig into Telstra a little bit but I will resist the temptation uh, Adam what do you think about Aussie Broadband so don't listen to Jumbe uh, listen to me okay. uh, it's a buy okay. absolute buy okay. um, this thing is going to have quarter on quarter growth going forward for the next foreseeable future um, the reasons why, and it is to Jumbo's point that the big guys can't continue to get market share. They're already at 50%, 40%, 30%. They, they, they can't get any more market share. It's these smaller ones that, have, that, uh, um, that will get that market share. This stock did have a $1 listing price. I own some shares in it, not at the IPO. I, I must say we gave all our allocation to our clients. But um, I, I bought some day one after uh, the IPO and I'm still very, very happy with it. The reason why is, is that growth. And, and they basically went out to their own customer base for this IPO and they had over 250,000 people come back within the first 24 hours to get some allocation because they were owners of the business or, yeah. or they, 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 they pay to, the, to Aussie Broadband to get allocation to the IPO. Yeah. There's a huge demand out there for smaller telcos for that growth that Jumbo has talked about, that, that small guys that can actually get that growth quarter on quarter. They've had a solid increase in, in connections. They've got 47,355 connections since June. That's up 18%. Okay, And that growth will continue to keep moving forward. So ABB, Aussie Broadband, is a buy from me. And I think it will continue to keep growing. How is it that they win market share? Is it better pricing? Is it better product? Service. Better marketing? Service. Service. Well, the product yeah. is the same. If And that's the, why Telstra yeah. has always struggled because they're always at a premium and they always say that our network, here we go, we're digging in Telstra. Okay. Uh, our network was faster. Um, you know, we could do things better, uh, all these kinds of things. And they had the country area. Now with the National Broadband Network, the NBN, everybody's on the playing field, a level playing field. Gotcha. And then it really comes down to price and it comes down to service. Mm-hmm. And that's where these guys are doing really, really well. They connect you up quickly. They make sure you get looked after. Whereas mm-hmm. Telstra, it can take you days, weeks, months to get something done. Oh, we've all spent some time on the, Correct. On the call center. Correct. Oh, Adam started it now, uh, <laughs> John Bay. So I have to, I have to ask you, um, maybe just as a shortish answer, what do you think of Telstra? Uh, I think it looks okay for the income, yeah. but it's not a very exciting. It's probably neutral for me. It's not a very exciting stock. There is a couple of catalysts coming up. Um, you know, you have the separation of the uh, infrastructure co and the operating business. Um, so that generally creates value. Um, you know, historically, whenever we see business do that, um, the value goes up. Uh, one plus one equals to three, sort of um, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So, and then the dividend is pretty strong at this point. Um, earnings. I think there's people saying that uh, Optus has been. It's all about mobile, right? You know, right. in terms of the right. future earnings growth. So. 
Optus has been out there reasonably um, pragmatic about the pricing competition. Look, do, you know, it's uh, they've been like that on and off. Um, so, so if it is going to be the case, then it's great for all the you know those telco guys and for Telstra mm. and for TBG and the like. It's it's reasonable. But then we know the competition will come back and put pressure on pricing. And this five G, people are getting excited about. Um, I'm just not sure how sustainable the return people are expecting from 5G is going to be. Because if you look at the South, uh, uh, South Korea, where the 5G penetration is already quite high, mm. and you know the pricing has already started falling. So you know for telco, it's a tough industry for large players, right? Your mm. market share is full, like Adam said, and you know it's really just compete for pricing because you already sunk the cost. So it's not an exciting industry. It gives you a good dividend for the time being, a little bit of catalyst, but the overall return expectation is probably in line with the market. Okay. That was a short answer. No, that's no, 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 definitely appreciated. Uh, but Aussie Broadband, a very strong yes. 100%. From Adam and uh, a hold from Jumbay. Let's have a, uh, we've got two more to go. Uh, we're coming down to the wire here. Uh, um, Adam, yep. let's go with you. Q, Craig wants to know if he should buy. Yes, yeah, so this is a boring company and sometimes boring companies do quite well. Uh, yes. And you know, I've I've sat through a lot of these company, especially Cube's presentations, and sort of walk out going, why are people actually liking this business? But it is um, a, a very interesting business, and it is leveraged to a recovery in New South Wales, and it is a leverage to the reopening trade uh, that's going forward as well. Um, they've many many years ago now they put their intermodal uh, transportation system in, so basically building these ring roads that go around cities like Melbourne and Sydney. And they've got a port that comes in, and then they basically put on these uh, on um, trains or onto trucks. So, in other words, trucks now aren't going through the CBD. They aren't doing that. They're on this intermodal transport ring that goes around. So it clears congestion and does all those kinds of things. I think it's an interesting business. Um, for me, it's probably a hold. It really has never excited me. And if you uh, sorry, got them, but if we went back for a five-year chart, you really see this thing hasn't done much. Uh, you know, going forward. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it could leverage off the agricultural volumes that are starting to come through. I think that's probably one way that we might see it. So there you go, like it really hasn't done much. So uh, for me, it's a hold. I'm noticing too that the return on equity is not exactly fantastic. It's about no, two to 3%. Not, not in these kinds of businesses though. Yeah. It's really, you struggle. Capital heavy kind Correct. of debt. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, you can't get that ROE up too much on those ones. No. John Bay, what do you reckon? Uh, it's probably a hold minus. <laughs> hold minus. That's a new one. I like that. I like extra gradation. I don't like it. Um, I, yeah, exactly like Adam said. It's a. Uh, it's, there's not much growth, um, and uh, yeah, clearly it's impacted. There's a reopening. Um, you know, for many years it's about realizing the asset value, right? Because mm. they don't generate much return. So it's about one of the asset to be sold, and they constantly. I think for five years now, yeah. there's been rumors about who's going to bid for it and it's such a great asset and it will be sold. And, you know, it's probably still going to be some time away. That's your potential one catalyst. Um, but otherwise, look, if you want infrastructure, you're going to the Transurban or, you know, Sydney and those ones that can give you that leverage. Or ALX, uh, if you want a little mm -hmm. bit more risky um, yeah. for the oh, European yeah. toll roads. Yeah. Um, it just uh, it gives you a little bit more and they better run businesses. And this one, just to me, it's... Um, Money. Yeah, so hold minus. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, uh, last one, Jumbe, I'm going to stay with you. Pilbara Metals, PLS. John is keen to know whether he should tip some money into that. What do you reckon? Oh, the share price has done really well for um, all those leading yeah. businesses. Yeah, uh, but underlying dynamic has changed. Clearly, they do follow the price of Tesla, um, you know, the, the demand for EV. But it seems like that demand is really picking up. Um, uh, you know, a lot of countries have now uh, ple uh, pledged to, um, you know, the carbon neutral by certain years. Um, and, um, and then a lot of large, um, you know, auto uh, businesses have already committed to, you know, how much EV they're going to have and the government funding has been uh, reasonably strong. Um, and one of the previous concern was that China being the big market of EV demand, um, they were going to pull their funding away um, by next year. Yeah. But I think now they're stepping away from it. And then yeah. if anything, they actually pushed the hair saying that they're going to be very focused on that, um, uh, the EV penetration. Mm. Um, so I think that's, um, that has given the industry a bit of push. Um, and we know that's where, where the world is going. You know, there they will be more EV hybrids um, and in 10 years, time so um, 
So, the, so, so, the, so that's the macro outlook is really good. Share price had a really good run, so I'm not sure if you want to be in there. It's only a hold for me. My analysts love this one. It is mm. one of the best pure play uh, because um, it's it's on in Australia. So you know, a, a couple of other lithium players they're in different countries and they can be quite risky. You just never know when something might go wrong. Mm. So this one gives you good exposure within Australia, um, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's got a couple of catalysts coming up, and uh, you know I think that's a preferred play. But right now it's probably a hold for me at this point. Bit too expensive what do you think Adam I'm going to go on the other side I don't think it's a buy I mean if you if you're going to go into these things you're going to have a high risk tolerance uh, you're going to do quite well uh, because you understand the business so it is it is very high risk so then straight away you need to be one of those punters because that's what it is uh, a stock that you're going to have to understand that there's going to be high volatility and potentially um, if the lithium price continues to move in the right direction, then this stock will continue to move as well. It is high risk, so you've got to be careful about that. They do have a quite a large mine that's going to give them 30 years plus mine life, around about 2 million tonnes per annum coming out of that. Um, they are a low cost uh, operating with a large resource base, and that's why I like it. Low cost, high, uh, r r large resource base. It, but it is obviously on that lithium price and that's where I think people will come unstuck or, or whatnot. I think the share price has run very, very hard, so be cautious. But I think if they can get more, they've got a stage two mine or expansion plan, they might get another 5 million tonnes per annum out of that. And if they can do that, um, I think it's a buy. I think, you know, if, if you're in that space, you've got to be going with your eyes wide open. And I think it's uh, one that is a good buy. So, yeah. Wow. We have had some really great stocks and some really great analysis here today. Let me do a very quick recap of that final five. Afterpay does stay in the call portfolio. Just convinced Adam <laughs> to push his hold uh, to a buy there for that for that explicit purpose. Although he did have some caution cautionary tales around some of that price there for us. John Bay, though, you think it's going to be higher in twelve months' time and. It's hard to argue with the momentum of what that business has been doing. Um, yeah, Sonic Healthcare, however, does get kicked out of the portfolio. Um, yes, they've had some pretty good runs, some COVID tailwinds there, but I think for both of you guys, it was Ramsey that was the preferred pick Absolutely. in that space. Uh, if we go to Aussie Broadband, I think Adam gave us about the most definitive yep. buy that we've had in, in a long time 100%. here. Quarter on quarter growth, market share, capture, Absolutely. better service, better pricing. Um, uh, so that, that was pretty definitive. Um, Jumbei acknowledging that it's very promising, but just a hold for you at this point in time. Cube, however, we both agreed that it was sort of a boring stock. <laughs> Um, and 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 not just boring, but one that's been pretty low returning as mm. well. So I, we didn't get we didn't get a, a strong sell, but we got a hold. In fact, a hold negative, a hold minus, a hold minus. Nice. A hold minus. Uh, and Pilbara um, uh, staying with the hold there, acknowledging some longer term uh, macro tailwinds with the whole EV market, uh, whatnot there. But for Jumbe, uh, uh, a hold. Uh, Adam has said yes, but high risk. That is the key thing to underscore here before you write him any angry letters in a couple months time or you acknowledge that this is very, very high risk. That is our show for the last day of the week. I hope you have really enjoyed it. Um, remember, we love getting your questions. In fact, we couldn't do the show without it. So if you've got any stocks that have caught your eye and you'd like our experts to weigh in on that, uh, it's easy. Just send us an email. The address there is the call at osbiz.com.au. You can also tweet us at osbiztv. And you can also watch the show. I should have mentioned this at the start uh, on Twitter or on Facebook as well. Thank you very much for your company. Um, until next time, I'm Andrew Page. Thanks for your time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.